Hello and welcome to the Jersey Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and where the content is absolutely free. If you haven't already, please share the podcast where you can and give us a like on our social media platforms. We are coming to you live tonight on the 1st of November after another victory in the Scottish Premiership against Kilmarnock this afternoon. Uh, 15th clean sheet the season and we go nine points ahead of our rivals at the top of the table. So good weekend for Rangers. It's been a good week too. Victory over Lech Poznan on Thursday night gave us a 100% record in Europe this far. And uh, we'll go through both games and also look ahead to the Benfica match on Thursday night um, throughout tonight's episode. Joining me to go through that are my fellow host Colin Armstrong and a returning man and John McCallum who will go through uh, this week's events with us. Um, gents, thanks, thanks for being here tonight. Colin, have you um, caught your breath after running up the stairs? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a short answer though. Again, guys that listen to the 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 preview show on Thursday night for the for for the Poznan game will realise that there's a new way of setting all this up on YouTube and it's an absolute nightmare for a technophobe like myself. So once I've got it all set up, I realised I didn't have my phone, I didn't have my glasses. Uh, so I had to run downstairs and it's just it's no use at all. It's no use for an old man like me. Maybe a young pup like you could do it, no bother, David, but for me it's 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 no good. No, there was a there was a lot of chat about you struggling to get it up before we started. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know it was a podcast we're talking about, so it's aye, 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 very good, very good. Uh, um bunch. John, John, can you bring some some sense to the to the podcast tonight? Can you bring a bit of uh, you know, we've all seen we've all seen your Twitter page. You know, there's a lot of culture there. Are you going to bring that to the to the show tonight? No, I don't think that's why you invite me on, is it? Let's be honest. Um, no, I'm well conscious that we've in recent weeks we've had glamour European games, old forum matches, you know, the exciting games. But you know, the middle of a storm in November, you get myself and Colin back on. You know, we are the we are the, the kind of hardened guys that you need back on. We are the Arfield and McGregor, I think, of the Jersnet podcast team, uh, brought in for the dirty, smelly, horrible games. So, no, that's what you're getting from me tonight. Yeah, I feel, I feel that Frankie sees me as Hadji, you know, in and out of the team, but, but has that moment of magic every seven podcasts. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll move on to the, to the game today. Uh, it was, John and I spoke about it off air, Colin, um, it was one of those sort of games where, you know, you, you enjoyed it more after the game and you actually thought about what we'd achieved and, you know, I've covered it, I've covered enough of these games when I was when I was still working down in Kelly um, to see his struggle there numerous times, even under Gerard, but before that too, it's been a place that's been really, really difficult to go and still is. And I thought actually, come on, like, you know, gave us a good game, especially second half, I thought they were you know, probing a wee bit, but they just didn't have enough to, to you know, breach uh, the rear guard. But what did you make of the game first and foremost? Uh, I, I actually, you know, the end of the game, I kind of felt it was probably a more comfortable win than it felt. 
you know, because it, it, no matter who you're playing at one nil, you're always conscious and you're always wary that they, you know you could the, the oppositions can the opposition sorry can sneak a goal. But especially given our recent history at that particular ground, you know, the last ten minutes, again, I was sitting in, sitting in the living room watching my boy, and he turned to me at one point. He's like, "I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I put myself through this because it, it was just getting so nervy." But when you actually think about it, you know, in terms of the only real shot on target I think they had was the Brophy free kick. I mean, they had a couple of wee things in the second half. They certainly improved their performance in the second half, eh, and they looked a wee bit more threatening. But I, I. I think Rangers at the moment are operating really well defensively, as as the stats bear out. I think midfield with loads of, loads of options, and that's working well. I think the problem now is the front three. I just don't think we're being as clinical as we could be with chances. I think one or two players are guilty of being wasteful with chances and being very wasteful with possession. I felt today the only one that, that made the ball stick was was Itten or Eten or however you want to pronounce it. I thought Morelos and Kent today were, were a wee bit wasteful when they got the ball. They, they, they weren't holding up quite as much and bringing others into play. So to me, we, we, we could have been further ahead if we, if the front three had operated at a sort of higher level. I think we could have been a wee bit more comfortable in the victory. Uh, but I mean, you know, you can't complain too much. You know, we went there to a ground that's really, really difficult. There's always an issue when it when it when it's artificial pitch. It's an, obviously a, 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 a surface that the players don't like playing on, and it's a, it's a club that have provided us a lot of problems. And Ibrox as well. You know, they've come to Ibrox a few times and 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 give us a, a going over. So, yeah, you know, you can you could have wee mild criticisms here and there, but at the end of the day. We've went there, we've got the three points. We're nine points clear. I know Celtic have got two games in hand, but, you know, we've got the points on the board. You know, that's what, 12 games, and we've only conceded three goals. One of them was offside, one was an own goal. So effectively, we've only conceded one legitimate goal from open play. Uh, Celtic, I don't think they're going to get the opportunity to play these games until after Christmas. So that gives us another opportunity to actually go further ahead. You know, they've got quite a tricky game next week. They go to Motherwell next week. And I know we went there a few weeks ago and stuffed them 5-1, but I think they've won every game since. You know, and they're third in the form table at the moment. You know, outside Rangers and Celtic, they're the best team in Scotland at the moment. So that could be a tricky game. So, yeah, overall, it was nervy. Probably a wee bit more nervy than it should have been. But job done, three points, uh, and, and they go again next week. Yeah, as Colin said there, John, you know, it was satisfying to see us, you know, grind that out there. But what what pleased you, I mean, and what pleased you the most about, you know, the way we played? And as I said, you know, earlier, it was, it's been a, a place that's been difficult to go. So how satisfying was it to see us go there and, and put on such a strong performance, you know, and maybe last season or the season before that, we, we possibly would have dropped points there? Yeah, but that's... That's the big thing about this victory. I think every Rangers supporter was looking at a trip to Rugby Park, you know, on, on a horrendous day in the west of Scotland. It was just terrible weather here. Um, uh, after a European match and thinking, there's your banana skin game, there's your, your bogey team in Kilmarnock, uh, plastic pitch, early kickoff, it's got, you know, everything sitting there making it look like it's going to be a problem for us. And... From my perspective, you know, last 10 minutes aside, and as I said to you off there, I didn't really enjoy the match until afterwards. It was one of these ones where you were you were kind of kept on expecting the worst. Um, and, and I guess that's just what the last kind of 10 years of following 
Rangers have done to us that we, you know, you, you keep expecting something to go wrong. Um, so I guess the fact that nothing did go wrong um, is, the, is individually is the biggest thing for me is that, you know, we ground out a result um, on a rotten day, on a rotten pitch against a physical team who have been able to land blows on us in the past. So that, for me, David, keeps showing progress. You know, that, that says, right, you know, this is a slightly better team than last season because they're winning the games that they would have dropped points in last season. Um, you know, I think the game on Thursday night probably took more out of us than, than we, we, we accepted. I think a lot of folk went into that game thinking that game was going to be easier than it was. Um, and in actual fact, that was a pretty hard game on a heavy pitch, again, on a poor night. Um, team today had, what, four, five changes in it. Um, you know, all the players that come in, I thought, did pretty well. Um, so again, no complaints there. Um, and, and overall, I think it's just the fact that you know, we won ugly. Um, a thing that perhaps Rangers haven't done. Um, you know, Rangers are a, a tremendous team to watch just now. You know, we play fantastic possession football. You know, when it clicks, it, it's it's as good it's as good football I've seen Rangers play ever. And I've been watching Rangers for a long time. Um, you know, I, I thought the kind of advocate team that um, he kind of had in his first couple of seasons was probably the best Rangers team I've ever seen in terms of how they played football, held the, they held the ball. But this current team this season, uh, you know, I, I could be convinced that that's better. Um, certainly getting better results in, in Europe than that team did. So, um, you know, overall, uh, that's what's pleased me here is that we won a, a difficult game on a difficult pitch in difficult conditions. Um, and I think that's what you have to take from this. Um, the, uh, the first time a Rangers team in the last few years has won ugly. Yeah, Colin, it was it was a strange thing when I was doing the agenda and spoke to my dad after the game today as well and, you know, just discussing it and thinking about it. And it was quite difficult to actually pinpoint someone that I thought, you know, like he played he played really well. I would probably say, you know, Goldson was was strong, um, made very few mistakes and, and was, was solid and, and led the defence. But obviously, the, the one that, that got the winner was Tavernier. That's his, you know, him in the double digits this season in the goal front. You know, he, we probably speak about him on this more than any other player, and it has been the same probably for the past, for however long this is, you know, the podcast has been going there. You know, he's, he's been a player that constantly has spoken about and performances are probably ridiculed or have been more than a lot of other players, but you know, that this season he's, he's he's gone up a gear and again today, you know, I, yes, it was a penalty, but as people keep saying, you know, you can you can talk about the amount of penalties he scores, but you've, you've still got to put them in the net. It was something that we struggled with last season. Yeah, I mean, his consistency from the penalty spot is is quite incredible. He, he did have a wee wobble last year and that, that's what led to uh, Morelos taking that penalty against Celtic in the League Cup final, which, you know, didn't turn out too well, uh, so he's. I mean, he's he's earned the right to, to to take them again. And since he's been back on them, he's sort of displaying that sort of uh, form of old. I mean, Tavernier does or he has divided opinion, and I, I I'll, I mean, I've been quite critical of him in the past, and I'll stand by that because you know it was he deserved the criticism. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything wrong with criticism as long as it's constructive, and and I, I don't like people that contact people direct and social media and all that kind of stuff but you know if you're discussing things in, a, in an open forum then yeah I think criticism's fine and I think he merited it and I think Goldson did as well and, and those two this season have, have 
been on another level. I think Tavernier in particular, but Golton as well is just he's defending so well. It it he actually plays like a captain as well. You know, he looks like a leader. I've I've noticed that he's the more vocal because there's no fans there at the moment. You can you can hear them. There was an incident today that I think there was a Kilmarnock player injured in the box, but it wasn't a head knock. So technically speaking, the referee you know shouldn't be stopping it, and he stopped it. And Golton was. You know, raging, absolutely raging, screaming at Dallas referee. You know, and I, I think that shows you maybe where Rangers are at the moment. You know, there's just a, a real desire. And those two players are sort of probably the best example of it. You know, Ken early on was displaying it, but he's kind of went off the boil. But those two have been so consistent. And John pointed out, I think it was towards the end of last season, that, you know, defensively, Rangers were sound. We were okay. We conceded the same amount of goals as Celtic. It was it was scoring at the other end that the feeling was that that's where we had to improve. But it actually feels like we're scoring as many goals as we scored last season. But we've improved defensively. We're conceding even less, which is something I don't I don't think any of us consider. And so that's the the, the defensive performances are uh, the rock and the foundation of this run that we're on at the moment. You know because. If, like today, there's a good chance if Rangers score one, then that'll be enough, you know, because we're not conceded a huge amount of goals. You know, as I said, three in, in 12 games or 13 games or whatever it is, one of them shouldn't have counted. Uh, one was our own goal when we were 5 nothing up. So realistically, we've only been, you know, outplayed on the one occasion. And I don't care what anybody says, that is, that is incredible defending, no matter what level you're playing at. You know, you, you have to applaud that. So, yeah, they, they, as I said earlier on, I think the the, the defence and midfield are operating well. I think if we if we get clicking up top, if we if we find a way of playing up top that starts to open up teams a wee bit more, uh, we're we're going to give a good few doings uh, before the season's out. Well, just to just to stay with you on that point, you know, you look at the the defence as a whole this season and you know there's been a wee bit of change there and certainly with Hollander and Balogun they've sort of been rotating which makes the fact that you know we've kept so many clean sheets even more impressive when you think it hasn't been you know the same four guys constantly you know there's been that sort of change yeah but I I have to say you know we've recruited well in that that area I mean Hollander's a great player and and Balogun I don't think as much of a step down, to be honest with you. You know, it doesn't matter what one of them is playing. If if you were to hold a gun to my head and ask me who I would rather would, would be in there, it would probably be Hollander. But there's not much difference between the two. And, you know, so we've recruited well there. Uh, we've got two excellent fullbacks who provide as much up, up front as they do defensively, probably more so. Uh, I, I think, again, me and my boy were talking about this today, I know you only come on as a sub, but the way Stephen Davis takes the ball off people, you know, it's, it's never a crunching tackle. It's always he just nips in and takes it. So, I mean, you talk about the back four, but there's, as Gerard said today, it starts for the front three and how we defend. And I think how we're winning the ball back in the middle of the park is, is helping the defence too. But when it when it gets into your final third and, and you know, your back four are, are engaged, they've done it brilliantly. You know, they've, you know, balls into the box, they're cutting out crosses, McGregor, when he's had to be called into action, has delivered, and, and so did McLaughlin early on in the season. So, you know, defensively we are, we're absolutely sound. And if we if we keep doing that, then 
will not will not be far away come the end of the season, whenever that is, obviously with the COVID stuff. But we keep defending the way we're defending, we will not be far away at the end of the season. And John, obviously defensively, you know, no issues there. We've been really impressive. I'm just noticing a lot of guys in the, in the comments uh, section of the YouTube channel there mentioning this as well. We've rotated um, numerous times in the front three and it's seen, you know, Roof, Eaton, Morellas, uh, Barker, Jones all come into the, the team at one stage or another. Last Sunday, Defoe played, um, then Roof played midweek. Morellas started today after coming off the bench and, and scoring through the week there. Obviously, Roof came off the bench against Liège and scored. It's, it's a strange old... Uh, dilemma for the manager in terms of what his strongest team is what his strongest strike force is because in terms of I mean personally looking at last Sunday's game I feel like the four scored a magnificent goal but overall for me it doesn't really fit into the the way we play as much now um, in terms of what he brings to the team I just don't think it fits in with the, the way we play at the moment the, uh, Morellas is, is obviously blown hot and cold and Roof is coming back off, off an injury. Uh, you've got Eaton today playing the right. I thought he did well. Um, but, it, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a conundrum for Gerald at the moment, finding that strongest front three. Um, I think it's a conundrum he, he probably welcomes. Last season, we were so reliant on Morelos. Uh, I think that ultimately was the, 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 the side's downfall, that when Morelos went off the ball, we couldn't score goals. You don't feel that's the case this season. Um, there's goals coming from across the team. I mean, an interesting thing you guys were just talking about a second ago about you know Goldson and and, and Tav. You know, Goldson and Tav um, are, are you know properly um, threatening going forward now. You know, Goldson has become a real you know he's become a real problem in the box for other teams at set pieces. Where I'm not sure he was as much. Um, you know, earlier on in his Rangers career, whereas now, I mean, obviously the penalty today, um, you know, it, it was his header. I'm not sure if it was going in or not, but it wouldn't have been far away. Um, you know, and he's he's got obviously the two goals against Celtic. You know, so um, from that perspective, I don't think Gerard will be that concerned because I don't think this current Rangers side relies on the forwards exclusively for goals. Um, they all seem to know what to do. I think one of the reasons we're not conceding goals is because the, you know the, the midfield and the front three start the defending um, and and actually give the defenders a break. You know, the defenders don't need to get involved very often because the play is broken down before it gets to our defence. Um, you know, and, and I think that is down to how they're being drilled uh, and, and how they're how they're playing um, and the kind of form that we've got just now. So. In terms of what our best front three is, I think it depends on, on the type of team we're playing. I suspect we'll have a different front three against Benfica. I, I'm no expert on how Benfica play, um, but I would expect that we'll play Kent. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Barker come back in um, because I think we'll look for speed. I think he'll look for players who can break at speed um, because I think he'll expect Benfica to have more of the ball and, and perhaps their opportunities will be on the break. Whereas against Kilmarnock, you know, you're expecting to have most of the ball. So I thought it was interesting. Itton was in there because Kamalik quite a tall team. And I thought Itton came in because he's quite tall. Um, he offers us different options. He's not a, you know, he's not a player you associate with being particularly strong in the air. But 
it does bring in something different. Um, Kent's been almost ever present. He seems to be him and Goldson um, and and Tavin Barisic seem to be the kind of four that that can't currently get dropped. Um, and uh, I actually thought Kent had had one of his poorer games. He had a couple of good chances. I thought he should have scored at least one today. Um, but I think if everybody's fit, I know they are all fit just now. I don't think Roof is match fit properly, match fit yet. Um, I'm not sure Defoe is properly match fit either. Uh, but I think if everybody was fit, I think Roof is probably going to be our, our kind of focal point striker. Um, I think Kent starts. And then I think it's it's kind of any one of another three or four from um, Morales, from Jones, from Itton, um, and from Barker who joined them. And, and I'm quite comfortable with that because inevitably we will get injuries. We will get, we'll get bookings. We'll get, you know, guys playing on Thursdays and then playing again on, on Sundays. You know, it, it, you are going to get players tired. And so I think the fact that we can take that front three and, and change it for almost every game is credit to the team, credit to the, the coaches, credit to the players. But I also think it confuses the opposition. The truth is they don't know what front three they're going to face. You know, Benfica watching that game t- t- today, they don't know what team they're going to face. You know, they have a fair idea what the defence is going to look like. They can probably guess two of the three midfielders, but they don't know who the front three is going to be. Um, Hamilton don't know who the front three are going to be. And I think that's probably a good thing um, because the front three are playing well, whoever they are. Um, and and that, that's, you know, that's not something that we've had for a long time. Um, the ability to bring in different forwards who offer different different types. I, I actually thought Morales had a, a better game than, than, than maybe you're giving him credit for today. He didn't score, um, but I thought he worked hard. Uh, that's a that's a physical team, Colmarnock, a big physical team. Um, I thought he didn't give them a minute's piece. He didn't let them build. Um, you know, he shut them down when they needed shut down. Uh, he had a couple of nice touches, a couple of nice... Uh, I mean, he had a lovely dummy for, for Kent, where Kent should have done better. Um, you know, he, he again he occupies a defence, um, and and I think that that's something that we perhaps overlook at times. Um, and I think the fact that he does that creates space for other players. So you know, overall, I don't know who our best front three are. I think it depends who, who we play, um, but I suspect um, we'll see more and more changing. Um, I suspect we'll all be kind of left scratching our heads a little bit as to who's going to start each game um, when they're all fit, and I, I think that's quite a good thing. I think that keeps everybody guessing and, and it keeps all the players hungry. You know, they all know they'll get a chance and they have to take it when it comes because it could be a while before they get another chance. So, yeah, I'm all for this. I think this is good. Colin, just, just on John's point, he makes a good point there about the, you know, the Benfica game, the, the speed aspect. And, you know, when, when Barker started at Parkhead, obviously that was probably thinking there as well. Do you think there's still a room, room in the squad for you know, a Kent on the right-hand side, if that makes sense, you know, someone that's going to be a consistent um, starter for us on the right-hand side, because at the moment, you know, you're looking at your your Barkers and your Jones type players who, you know, perhaps lack quality in certain areas. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with John. I think we'll be playing on the counter on Thursday night. And so that, that does suggest that we'll probably be Barker that comes in. Uh, so I agree with that. Whether you know we need someone consistently in that position, I, I kind of get the impression with Stephen Gerrard that in each area of the, of you know the, the, the three sort of areas of the, the team, 
there's one or two in each area that just don't get dropped. You know what I mean? And 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 John sort of alluded that to earlier on. So so Tav and Goldson and Barisic are, are always in that team. McGregor's always in that team. You know, in the in the midfield, he's been a bit stop stop start this season because of his injury. But normally Ryan Jack is a is a starter in that team every week. And up front, probably Ryan Kent. I mean, last season you would probably have Morelos in there as well, but it's a wee bit different this year. So I, I think that's the kind of spine of the team. And I think that's something we've spoke about in the past, that that's what we needed. We needed a good spine. And, and, and to me, that's what every successful Rangers team has had. You know, it's, it's had players that are the, the spine of that side and the other ones are, are interchangeable. So I don't think it's a, a necessarily a, a, something that we need to worry about. You know, I think Stephen Gerrard again commented on it today, saying horses for courses, you know, wherever they go, they'll analyse the opposition and they'll just decide you know, who, who's the best 11 to, to, to get the job done and to get the points in the bag. However, within that 11, there'll always be ones that are, are there week in, week out, but in other positions, they will change it to suit whoever they're playing. So I don't think it's an urgency. No, I don't, it's not a, It's not something that concerns me on the right-hand side. I think I think Itton done very well there today. I thought he was the, the best of our front three today. I thought he, he was the one that held the ball uh, and brought others in to play a lot better. There was a couple of times... Uh, you know, I know John was sort of saying there that he's not the best in the other, but it was a couple of times he, he sort of out jumped guys and, and chested it down to you know Tav or whoever was supporting him rather than heading it down because he's so tall. So, and I thought, I thought, as I said, I thought he held on to the ball well. He got a couple of good balls in, especially in the second half. You know, he, he worked the full back well. So that's another option. You know, Barker's obviously been there. Hadji, sometimes Arrivo's played on that right hand side, so he can work it on his left foot. I, I think it's good that we have positions all over the park that are interchangeable, that we, we bring in different personnel depending on the opposition. But within that, you've got your your your, your other presence who are just the spine of that team. So, no, I think, I think it's working at the moment. And if it's working, then why do you change it? We will go on to, to discuss the, the Benfica game shortly um, and preview that. But firstly, we'll go back to, to Thursday night, which... You know, it was another another good night for Steven Gerrard and his players. One 0 victory over Lech Poznan at Ibrox gives us a six point six points from from two games in the group, um, which has been our best return uh, over the past three years uh, after two matches. John, what were your thoughts on the game? Obviously, going into it, we've gone in as heavy heavy favourites, which. Maybe we weren't we weren't so used to, um, especially in Europe. You know, to go into a game uh, in the group stages and be so so heavily backed. They they came with the game plan, um, were, were hard to break down. What were your what were your overall sort of thoughts on Thursday night's game? Delighted with the result, and I think we deserved the victory. I think we were the better team. My feelings, I agree with you. I think we did go in as favourites, and I think they. I spoke to some Rangers supporters who, uh, you know, who were openly confident about the game, um, and I'm never confident in the games. I'm an eternal pessimist, but you know, I understand why people were confident. Um, Poznan had had a pretty heavy defeat. The league form is patchy. Um, they're not a big name. Polish football, you know, is certainly on a par with Scottish football. You you don't look at pony Polish club football as. Um, has, has been of a massively higher standard than, than the kind of football we are playing against most weeks. So um, I can understand why at home, in our current form, people thought, yep, yeah, we're the favourites. 
Um, I think Poznan were a much better team than perhaps we've been expecting. I thought they played good football. I was I was impressed with how they played out from the back. You know, two or three times, um, you know, we were swarming around them as we've seen us do to uh, teams all season, and they were able to pass their way through. Um, I was quite impressed with that. Um, I think they, I don't think they are they're weaker up front than Rangers, and I think if they had been stronger up front, they may have caused us some problems because. You know, on, on a few occasions, they managed to work the ball into good positions and, and you know, very little came of it. Um, whereas I think um, I think as the game went on, we got stronger. Um, the, the goal, when it came, was a good goal, lovely cross. Um, you know, Morelos does, did what Morelos does. Um, you know, he found a yard, he made the run, and he got there and he buried it, and I was really pleased for him. Um, and overall, I was relieved that we scored because I did worry that the longer went on without us scoring, there was always a chance of us getting hit with a counter. Um, and I think to go through, you know, you really do need to take something from your home games. Um, it leaves us in a really strong position. Um, but yeah, I, that was my kind of main thing was that Poznan were not nearly as poor as some people thought. Um, I think because they, they'd shipped maybe four against Benfica at home, maybe people thought, oh, here they, they, they can't be up to much now. We'll find out later this week just how good Benfica are. Um, again, it, it's hard to tell. They got a good result against um, uh, Liège. Um, so, uh, you know, again, it will be interesting um, to see what it was like against us. I think everybody accepts Benfica are probably the favourites to win the group. Um, but uh, I think Poznan are, are a better team than we gave them uh, maybe credit for initially. Um, I think it'll be a different game in Poland. Um, I think they will have to play slightly differently over there. Um, but overall, you know, I think as you said in your question, the fact that we went into the game favourites tells you something about, A, you know, how well this team is performing just now and B, the, the expectation of the support. Um, you know, other than kind of qualify, early qualifying rounds, you know, Rangers don't go in, Scottish football teams don't go into European group matches as favourites. Um, you know, that's that's not something that we've been doing for a while. Um, and the fact that we did, um, and the fact that we not only went in as favourites, but we went in and, and played well and, and won the game. You know, again, all credit to the team, all credit to the to the management, um, all credit to, to everybody who's helped put that team together. Um, you know, uh, that's the best you can say for them because um, it was another good result. Another good performance, and we're in a really strong position. And everybody's really excited about this match on Thursday now. Yeah, Colin. I mean, uh, the thing that struck me about the the match on Thursday was <clears throat> the fact that for large spells, you know, Poznan sat in and tried to frustrate us. Um, and I was I was sort of thinking about the games that we've played in the group stages over the past few years, and I can't really remember a team coming to you know frustrate like that. And it just shows how respected we are, you know, as as a team now. Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, I mean, since Gerard came, I think we can all agree that that's the the one sort of area that he's he's mastered. You know, he's navigated us through three qualifying stages. You know, I think last season Rangers became the first team uh, to 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 get out of the group stages that had started on day one. You know, so it, it's something that he's. He has pretty much from from the moment he walked through the door, in he's displayed a sort of an ability to 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 manage these fixtures fairly well. 
and uh, John saying there that you know some fans were extremely confident going into it. I was extremely confident on Thursday night. You know, we maybe did uh, underestimate uh, Poznan a wee bit, but I, I also think you get games like this. You know, games where you go in there thinking, "Oh, it'll be two, three, nothing," and it's actually a wee bit tighter. You know, that that's that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, there was a couple of nervy moments, and you. But overall, again, I just felt without being outstanding, we we just looked in control. You know, we looked like we were the better team. And uh, I, I, I think Gerard has done a remarkable job in, in Europe. When you consider where we were in, in that arena, you know, under uh, Pedro, you know, and the progress, debacle, and all that kind of thing, and that is probably the lowest point in our history in, in, in Europe. You know, it was just... I, 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 the night we went out against them, I was I was running my boy to training, so I, I was catching up in the game here and there, and I was actually listening to it in the car uh, when, when was it 2-1 that night or 2-1, I can't even remember, but when the goal that went in that put us out, I, it was just, you know, gut churning, you know, and, and, and there's been various points through the journey back up, you know, for, for, you know, for 2012, where I, I questioned you know, are we ever going to come back? And that was one of those nights. I, I just, I really thought, you know, this is it. We are never going to be the same club again. We're never going to have the same stature again. And and Gerard has changed that. And he's, he's got us into the group stages three years in a row. He got us into the latter stages last season. And it's now at the stage where you go into these games. I'm going into Thursday night's game thinking we can get a result over there. You know what I mean? It's not just a case of, well, let's see, you know, hopefully we'll get something. I genuinely believe Rangers have went to Portugal uh, last year against Porto and we, we arguably should have won that game over there. And so I feel if we play the way we can play and he, and he selects the right personnel and the game plan, you know, whatever it is they're planning, if the, if the players can execute it the way that Steven Gerrard wants them to execute it, I think we're in with a chance. No, no choice to get in a draw to winning on Thursday. Now that's maybe sounding arrogant and, and, and maybe overly confident, but that's a direct result of the evidence that Stephen Gerrard has provided over the last two and a bit years. You know, he knows how to, to manage in these fixtures. And uh, and in the European arena, at the Europa League level, I, I actually watched the Liverpool Michelin game the other night and I felt Rangers could have competed in that, no problem. So, yeah, we're a good team in Europe. We just need to sort of replicate that form uh, domestically and start getting some solve over there. But I'm, I'm going into Thursday confident. I think Rangers can get a result over there. John, just, just before we move on to, to the Benfica game, have a look at that. A lot's been said about this team and, and the fact that, you know, they are enjoying the, the idea of not playing with supporters there and, you know, it's it's, it's making them play better because there's less anxiety over, you know, um, the crowd getting on their back. But when you watch these games, you know, like even the Galatasaray game, uh, Thursday night's game, do you think that the players are missing that big game atmosphere at Ibrox on Thursday nights? Because that was, you know, some of the best atmospheres that I can remember over the past couple of years um, have been uh, during the, the Thursday night games. And it certainly, for a, the most part, has spurred the players on, you know, to get the results. And on Thursday night, it, it looked at times like they could have done with the backing of the supporters. Um, so, it's pretty, I mean, in my opinion, it's a case to be made for you know how much they're missing the fans, you know, and just giving them that extra that extra boost. Would you would you agree with that? Watched the watched the Hearts Hibs game yesterday. I had a 
the rare, the rare treat of watching an Edinburgh derby. Ah, oh dear. If ever a game of football needed supporters, it was that one. You know, it, it felt soulless. You know, here are two teams, cup semi-final, um, you know, two big rivals, uh, you know, a lot at stake, and it just felt soulless. Um, you know, that was a game that needed supporters. And and basically all football needs supporters. You know, and I'm of the opinion it doesn't actually matter what the players think or want. You know, it's what supporters want. The game is for the supporters and not the other way around. Um, and it, unfortunately, we can't be there just now. And, I, you know, I know there's folk will make arguments about we actually could be and uh, people will say, well, you know, certain numbers could be there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what I mean is we can't be there because that's the law. That, that's just how it is for now. Um, so we can't be there. I, in my honest opinion, I don't think the team are missing us just now. Um, I think that this has, I actually think the lack of support has helped Rangers at times. Um, I'm not as convinced as you that the, the support would have been as supporting, um, you know, 10 minutes into the second half when we still hadn't broken them down. I think that's when you start to hear some of the, the groans from the crowd, that's when, you know, it's when your guys, your Hadjis, these guys, when he's trying something that's not coming off and he tries it again, it's not coming off. You know, I think that's when these guys feel the crowd on their back. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, against Braga, again, ironically, Hadji turned the game. Um, you know, against Braga, when we got that one goal, the crowd were up. And I do agree with you. I think the Lone Rangers on in that game. Um, and so when the crowd are behind them, they are, you know, they are, a, you know, let's, let's speak in cliches, they are a 12th man. You know, they definitely do add something to it. They definitely do help. But if I'm being entirely honest with you, I don't think Rangers have missed the crowd this season. Um, I think they might later. You know, I think there'll be games later. I think Benfica at home is the kind of game where, where the crowd could have played a big part. Um, you know, I suspect that, you know, the Celtic game at home will be one where we'll miss the crowd. You know, there will be games, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm not convinced we've missed them, that they've missed us this season. We've missed them. Um, but I'm not convinced they've missed us um, as much as, as maybe you think. Um, it's just my view. Um, I, I think, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that our two fullbacks, the two players closest to our support throughout the match, are having their best seasons ever when there's nobody standing at the sidelines shouting something at them. Get out of it, Tav, you're rotten. You know, I just, I, you know, you hear these guys. I mean, they're there. And and I support them for that. You know, in the end, they've paid the money to come along. Part of being a football supporter, part of the joy of being a football supporter is the ability it gives you to shout abuse at talented millionaires. There's no other place in your life you get to do that than a football match. Um, so I'm not suggesting that should be taken away from us, but definitely there are times I don't think it helps. Um, so I actually think it, it is probably helping this team just now. But that's just my opinion, David, and, and I, I absolutely accept I could be dead wrong on that. Can I just yeah. come in, David, before yeah. we move on? I think a lot of Rangers supporters, I would, I would agree with John, and I think a lot of Rangers supporters need to actually look at themselves and how they support the club uh, because there are players that are, are now playing better because we're not there. And I agree with John in terms of, you know, we're, we're entitled to an opinion, we're, in, we're entitled to criticise performances, but I think during the game, you, you need to get behind them and you need to support them. 
and be that 12th man that, that, that people talk about. I think a, a lot of Rangers supporters have this mythical view of, of what they do for the team. I think John's right. I think in the bigger European games, when there's no expectation, when we're the underdog, then we get behind them. But when there's an, expect, an expectation on the players, I mean, a, a guy that sits next to me in the governing year, the, the earliest I've heard him start to turn on the players uh, was like a minute into the game. You know, it was just like a, I think it was Scott Arfield misplaced a pass or something, and it was like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, all that, it just started straight away. And I'm looking at my watch, and it's like 3 one And that, it, nah, it's just, I, I, I don't get it. You know, we're, we're supposed to be there to, to help the players over the line. I think if they don't get the result, then we all go into social media, we all go into the forums, we all go to the pub, and we say, oh, by the way, yeah, he was shite, he was shite, blah, blah, blah. But during the game, we need to get behind them because... I think what the players are displaying now when, when they don't have that sort of you know negative influence that, that can come from Ibrox. Ibrox can be a difficult place when, you know, after a half hour and things aren't going the, the, the way that we want them to go. You know, I think we should be looking at well, are we actually supporting the players in the right manner? We're entitled to criticize, we're entitled to their opinion. But during the game, is is doing it through that game actually you know, does it achieve anything? I don't think it does. I think it makes players play within themselves. So I think a lot of people uh, within the range of sport, we, we need to start looking at ourselves and saying, are we supporting the players in the right way? Um, for legal reasons, if you are that fan in the governor that sits near Colin and would like to come on and have your right reply to his his comments there, then please get in touch with us on Twitter and we can we can make that happen. Yeah, we will. But see, after 30 seconds of his reply, I'll start criticising him. <laughs> <laughs> How many listeners did we just lose there, by the way, in that? I'm just pointing out that we need to start yeah. getting behind them. It's, it, it is, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that we've looked a better team this season than no fans. Yeah, well, we're, we're, three of us are going to have a chat and we'll go off here as well, but you two disagreeing with me like that and ganging up on me as well. Um, so I'm just going to mute you mute you both and continue the podcast on my own uh, for the rest of the night. Um, but moving on, moving on, Colin. I'm, yes. I was only kidding there. I'm, I have to involve you because no one wants to listen, listen to me <laughs> for 15 minutes. Um, but no, I'm, this, this Thursday is quite a exciting trip. It's, it's sort of... You know, you and I have spoken and certainly spoke just before the draw about, you know, getting a big club and getting a big trip. Well, not a big trip, but getting a, an exciting group. Um, we've got a few, you know, we've got a couple of decent sized clubs. But Benfica, I, I mean, when you look at past three years, probably the biggest club we'll have faced um, during Gerald's time. Yeah, and it's, it's great to, as I said, you know, after the, you know, Pedro was standing on the hedge and, you know, I, I did question whether we would get these kind of nights back and it's great. You don't really, when you go to these games and when, or when you're watching them, you maybe don't get the appreciation of just how much history you're creating. You know, it's only, I really get a sense for it when I walk into, you know, anytime I do a tour at Ibrox and you go into the trophy room and you see all the pennants hanging and all the clubs and, you know, just everybody were played in European competition down the years. You know, you think, well, this is this is us kind of making history. You know what I mean? 30, 40 years from now, there'll be supporters doing the tour of Ibrox and there'll be a, a, a pennant up there, you know, Rangers against Porto or Rangers against uh, Firenord, you know, for Stephen Gerrard's time. And yeah, it's it's great that we're, we're, you know, we're getting these clubs 
Anytime. Obviously, it's a shame this year because we'll not get to see them. We won't be able to go to the game, but it's still great that we're, we're playing these sort of level clubs again. And we've never played Benfica uh, competitively before. You know, we've only played them once, and it was a it was a challenge match in the sort of like mid sixties or something like that. So it's good that, again, regretting that we're not going to get the, the opportunity to go to Ibrox and actually see them. You know, in the flesh. But uh, to get these games back is just it's brilliant. You know, and and it's also quite good uh, to be able to wind folk up in terms of, you know, the positive impact that, that Rangers running Europe over the last sort of two or three years has had on the coefficient. You know, because we've had eight years of, you know, sell out Saturday and, you know, we don't read Rangers and Sefco this and Sefco that and all that shit. Right. And now, because directly because of Rangers, you know what I mean? We've jumped for like, 26 in the coefficient to 11th or 10th or whatever it is. And, you know, we're now looking at two Champions League places next year. So not only is it good from a sort of prestige and historical sort of perspective to get these games back, it also gives us a wee opportunity to throw two fingers at everyone that doesn't like us. Yeah, John, when you look at the, the game itself, you know, Benfica are top of the, the league in Portugal at the moment, um, 100% record. They also boast, however that we look at the their, um, their team from, from last Thursday's game. Jan Vertonghen, obviously ex-Tottenham, and Nicholas Otamendi, ex-Manchester um, City until the summer there. They've, they've, they've obviously got a few quid, um, but should we really be holding any fear going to, to Portugal on Thursday night? I think you're a, I think you're marginally younger than Colin and I, David. Um, so I don't know what your view on Benfica is. Sorry, um, just just before we, we you go on your answer. Sorry, David. No, I think I think it's my turn to speak now, David. I thought you know, it's not years? time for you to pretend that you're a lot younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know what your view on on Benfica is, but some somebody like me, um, you know, who, who is a little bit older than you, Benfica are one of the the big names in European football. You know, Benfica are a, a, a Benfica, were, you know, were, at one time Benfica. We're on a par with Real Madrid in terms of, of the mystique that they had and, and frankly, the success that they had. Um, now, Portuguese football is, is, you know, Portuguese club football certainly, um, you know, is not on that level anymore. Um, so, you know, should, what do we expect going up there? I think we should expect um, our hardest game of the season, um, Benfica away. Well, I would expect it to be our hardest game of the season. I think that I think the team that is top of the the Portuguese league will be a decent football team. They will have some some talented players in that team. Um, you know, the Portuguese league is raided by the top Spanish um, and the top Italian teams every season. Um, the Portuguese league is a league where. Um, a lot of Brazilian players come in um, to Portugal because of the, the kind of cultural um, ties that Brazil and Portugal have. So a lot of Portu uh, a lot of Brazilian players come in, um, you know, and, and the, the Portuguese teams are quite good at uh, bringing through their own young players. Um, so I, I expect there will be guys in that team that we're not familiar with. You know, I know you mentioned Otamendi and, and Vertonghen, who are both at the you know at the the other end of their careers, but I suspect there'll be guys in that team that we're not familiar with who will go on to become household names um, in years to come. Um, and, and it will be nice and exciting to see them. Um, like Colin, I'm going there with 
some expectation. You know, I'm looking forward to the match. It will be interesting to see. I mean, I think everybody's agreed that, you know, Bayer Leverkusen were a, were a class above us. You know, where, where you know, we, we had reached, uh, we'd, you know, we had overperformed at times um, and we'd got to Bayer Leverkusen and, and you know, they're just better. You know, a, a, a good Bundesliga team is better. Um, but I think we're going to look at this game thinking, you know what, we should be able to give this team a game. You know, we, we, we won um, and we, we won in, in Braga. Um, we, we should have won in Porto. So I don't think Portugal itself holds any great fears. It's, you know, it's a good distance. You know, it's what, a couple of hours flight. Um, so, you know, it, it's, there's no particular concerns there. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing us play against Benfica because for me, Benfica are one of these great teams. Um, you know, they're one of the great names of European football. Um, I've never seen them play Rangers um, like like most um, most Rangers supporters. I've never seen them play Rangers. It's been a long time since we played them, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah, I think you know, I think we'll we will have to be at our best to get a result, but I think that's possible. Um, and and I am quite looking forward to it. Um, and uh, yeah, bring it on. That's 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 what it's all about is is getting to play these games. That's why we're here. That's why. You know, we want the team to do well, uh, so we get to play these games, so we get to match ourselves against these teams, and um, yeah, Benfica, that'd be good. As Colin says, it'd be nice to see that that pennant up in the, in the blue room at some point in the future. Yeah, and we shall see on on Thursday night how how it goes uh, when we when we travel to Portugal. And when um, we one sorry, when we last thing, I, I learned the thing. Now I'm I'm dare say this is something that. Um, if you're doing a Benfica preview through the week, that it will probably get picked up on in that. But I learned a thing about Benfica today that I didn't know, is that Benfica are actually called Sporting Lisbon. And Sporting Lisbon aren't called Sporting Lisbon. They are Sporting Club of Portugal. But for some reason, we call Sporting Lisbon Benfica and we call Sporting Club of Portugal Sporting Lisbon. How's that for confusion? Well, I'm confused. Yeah, that's, true. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. The, the actual Benfica's actual name is, is is Sporting Lisbon, and Benfica is, is it was to do with an amalgamation many years ago. Benfica were actually a cycling club, and if you look at the Benfica badge, there is a, a, a cycling wheel behind the eagle, um, because they were a, a, the Benfica Sporting Club and the Sporting Lisbon Sporting Club came together. And merged. Anyway, you guys will cover this, and, and you guys will cover this through the week. I'm stealing your part. We're still on air, John. <laughs> and nobody's listening now, David. It's okay. <laughs> He's, I'll, I'll give Johnny's due. He's got me googling the the, the Benfica. Well, I just at the moment. Sorry, sorry to go off on a tangent to the listeners here, but I've just gone on. I can't see it. What did you say? It was a cycling wheel? Ah, oh, it's, it's the wheel of a bike. It's definitely there. Have a look behind no, the eagle. I can't see it. You see the spokes no. of the wheel coming up. Awesome. Oh, there is. Aye. There's, there's, a, there's a big wheel. Yeah, yeah, that is. Aye, he's right. Aye, fair play, John. Right, anyway, um, we're, we're going to move on to some sad news, actually, yesterday, which a couple of bits of sad news um, through the day, obviously, Sean Connery, who was, a, you know, probably the most iconic Scottish actor of all time, um, but also a a man who followed Rangers uh, closely in the 90s um, and has also, there's been a lot of good clips kicking about of meetings with him in Gaza and a lot of great stories, fantastic stories actually about his links with Rangers when David Murray was in charge. 
And then yesterday evening during the, the Edinburgh Derby, obviously the sad news that, that Marius Zaliukis had, had passed away at the age of 36. Um, obviously both men links to Rangers in different ways. Marius played uh, in the, the 2014-15 season, um, but was more famous for, uh, for leading hearts to the Scottish Cup. And uh, I think on behalf of, of you know, Gelsner, I think our thoughts are with it. all of Marius's friends and family at what is... I'm sure to be such a difficult time. Um, far too young to be to be taken away, and just heartbreaking stuff for for his family. Um, Sean Connery, Colin, I'll come to you. I saw you tweeting quite a bit. Um, I'm sure you were a big Connery fan when you were you were a young boy in 1942. All right. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Colin, 1972. Uh, but yeah, I mean his. This is a story that, that I love. And I, when I was a boy um, watching the James Bond films and my dad obviously making me watch James Bond films and Conrad would always tell me he was a Rangers supporter. And I, and I knew that from an early age, but when you when I got a bit older and heard the stories, um, his links with Angels are absolutely, I mean, it's just with the most magnificent story. And it's a funny one because you hear about all these, uh, these people that are so-called Rangers fans um, but he obviously had one of the best backstories to, to why he was a Rangers fan. Well, you'll have to enlighten me because my, my knowledge of Connery was that he was kind of more of a Celtic man in the 60s. So, for anyone, I don't know if you know, John, but the story that I know, and I, this may be completely um, fabricated, but I'm pretty sure, and you, you've just thrown me off. You, you've knocked my confidence here, Colin. No, no, I um, but when Fergus McCann was in charge at Celtic... Yeah, that's the story. I felt die. Uh, yeah, right. And he phoned up for tickets to the fun game and David Murray got wind of it and offered them tickets in the with him in the director's box. And that's, that's it. Done, he done a Morris Johnson. He went to, to Celtic to Rangers. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I, I loved seeing Sean Connery at Ibox in the 90s. You know what I mean? Again, it, it was that kind of... The, the glamour that sort of came with seeing somebody like that there. You know what I mean? And uh, in terms of, you know, he's obviously best known for being born, but I, I think I put this out on Twitter yesterday that I, I think his best role was, was Henry Jones Jr. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I loved him in that. I loved the Indiana Jones movie, uh, movie sorry, as a boy. And that's that's the role I sort of loved him in. But just to, you know, to see Con- Connery at Ivox, the first time I, I seem to remember him, Following Rangers, it was, at, it was at Celtic Park, and it was the day that Mark Mark Hately scored two. And I think it was the first old fun game of the season. And I think that was a game that it, Connery tried to get tickets for Fergus McCann, and Fergus McCann had told him to cough up. And uh, David Murray got windy, as you said, and so he jumped ship. Uh, and since then, it was just great to see him. You know what I mean? Uh, every time he was at Ibrox to see someone like that, you know, excuse me, following us. Obviously, I think there was a strong David Murray connection because, you know, once David Murray was sort of, you know, sold the club, we, we never saw so much of him. But I, I did sort of still read stuff here and there saying that he was, you know, still watching this from uh, his, his luxury pad and whatever island it was he was staying in. So, yeah, and it was sad news. I mean, he is a sort of Scottish icon. And, he, you know, the first James Bond, most iconic, I suppose, James Bond. Uh, so, aye, it was, it, was, it was really it was sad news yesterday. It's remarkable he lived as long as he did because he had the biggest milk round in the world. <laughs> there was nobody in Edinburgh's granny he did not deliver milk to. Uh, when I was when I was a, 
a boy. Everybody you met from Edinburgh told you that oh, Sean Connery used to love her milk. You know, you, you can't love her milk. <laughs> He also done it. He also done it. He done a good day movie about the Fairfield shipyards in Govan called The Bowler Hat and the Bonnet. Yeah, uh, and that's really good. You know, so I mean, I know he was a, a mega star and a, a multi millionaire and all the rest of it, but I, I do think he he sort of kept a, a wee bit of a hold of his working class background, and I've always got a wee bit of time for people to do that. I was reading his obituary today, and I, I didn't know this. Apparently, he was offered a contract with Man United. Oh, I knew he was, he was a footballer. Right? Yeah, he, he was a decent player. Right? Bonnie Rig Rose or something, and and was scouted by Man United and offered a contract. But I, I don't know. That's what I said on one of his obituaries today. Yeah. Um, just just lastly, Colin, I know you'd you'd mentioned this um, through the week, but if anyone hasn't hasn't listened to the high performance podcast with uh, Stephen Gerrard. It's it's quite enlightening into his his um, sort of ideas as as a leader and both his playing career and now as, as Rangers manager, which features quite heavily. Um, I think it's available quite widely uh, the podcast. But Colin, it was quite a quite an insight into into Gerald psyche and you know what he's all about as a as a manager and a player. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, we were talking about it on the WhatsApp through the week. I mean, I can listen to Gerard anyway. You know, I, I've, I've just got so much uh, respect and admiration for him. I, I mean, I think you're really lucky to have him as a manager. I know there's some supporters out there who would disagree with that, but I think you have a, a, a top-class manager at the moment. I mean, the, the two things that I got out of it was, one, you know, this the, the, the slip, that, that seems to... That's with him every day, you know. I, I think that haunts him to this day, and, it, and it'll probably stay with him until the end. These, you know, the end these days. But I also think that's the, the way he was talking. It sounded like that's partly what motivates him and keeps him going. You know, I, I still think he's desperate to get a title of some sort. Uh, and I also quite liked he, he sort of he was talking about you know how he prepares for games and and the main sort of thing he takes from management is, is he makes a plan. And, you know, he executes the plan. If it goes wrong, he, he, he looks for where it went wrong and why it went wrong, fixes that, resets, and then goes again. And you would have to say that's been borne out, you know, at Rangers, you know. you know, In, in his first season, you know, he, he got a drop to Todry in his first game, a drop Motherwell, like a couple of games after that, and then we were beat off Celtic. So, you know, at this stage in the season, we were already like six or seven points behind Celtic. Then last season... You know, he improved. You know, beat Celtic for the first time and all that kind of thing at Celtic Park, and then this season we've just improved again. You know what I mean? So you, you would have to say that domestically. I mean, I know he's, he's he's been pretty consistent in Europe, but there has been blips domestically. But year on year he improves. So you would have to say that what he was talking about ties in with what you see, and I think that that will bear fruit one day. I think I think he's not far away. From cracking it, so and hopefully it's this season. But I, 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 I think he's a. I think we've got a remarkable human being as a manager, and a, a, and as a manager, I think he's he's top class. Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. Um, well, that's that's about us for tonight. Um, thank you to to Con and John for joining me, and thank you for listening. It's um, been a good week for Rangers. Hopefully. 
another good week on the way. Um, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe to the podcast or um, give us a like on, on social media. Uh, previous episodes and tonight's show are available to listen to on all the usual platforms uh, from Monday. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, thanks again for joining us and good night.